We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to the CFB All-America podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm not Bill Trotry in different clothing or with a different hairdo. I'm Brian Driscoll, the publisher at IrishBreakdown.com. That, you all know, that's Bill Bender of the Sporting News or Sporting News. And, Bill, they just released the college football playoff rankings. And I got to tell you, it was a uh, lot of surprises in this week's rankings. So let's just kind of dive right in. And I think the biggest surprise of the rankings to me was Clemson. So let's talk about the Clemson Tigers and whether or not Clemson deserves to be ranked higher or are they where they need to be? And then we'll talk about a potential path forward for the Tigers to still make the playoffs. So Bill, Clemson, deserve to be higher, lower, or are they right where they need to be? I I would have them at seven instead of eight. I think they should be ranked ahead of Alabama based on their 10 and one. They, uh, Really getting penalized for the Notre Dame loss, but as we'll get into here in a few minutes, Notre Dame's actually the center of a lot of these things. Uh, a lot of the cases, a lot of the playoff cases for and against Notre Dame's going to be a conversation in that room. I would have them seven. I have no objection to them. I don't have them over USC. We could talk about LSU if you want, but um, seven would be the right number for me. I'm comfortable with USC right now being ahead of Clemson. I I think I'm comfortable with that just because of they do have a big win. Their loss was to a team ranked one spot ahead of Notre Dame on the road by a point. And I think U.S. last week I'd have had Clemson ahead of USC because the resume was better. But the win over UCLA to me now all of a sudden gives USC a second really quality win with the other being a road game at Arizona, Oregon State that I think is a really quality football team this year. But I think ahead of Bama for sure. Absolutely, they need to be. And I and I think the thing that I took away from this bill is they're putting more – they seem to be, as a committee, putting more stock in losses than they are wins. Because I think when you look at Clemson's wins and their resume of wins, I think they're a lot more impressive, eye-test-wise and schedule-wise, than what Bama's resume is at 9-2 and two, with two very competitive losses. But what are the wins that Alabama's hanging their hat on right now at this point in time compared to – a team like Clemson. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think we're wasting our time with Alabama, honestly, because they're not getting in. There's no conceivable path for them to get in unless there's – even with the mass chaos scenario, they're not getting in. They lost two games. I think you've got to bump bump them behind Clemson. I think Clemson – they're – it's interesting you say that because their wins. Remember that stretch when they beat NC State and Wake, mm-hmm. and you know there's somebody else in there that they beat Florida in a row. State. They knocked them all. Syracuse, Syracuse, and Florida State, and, and all Florida in a row. Right. right, and Florida State wasn't ranked at the time, but has been on a tear ever since. That's not a bad stretch by the Tigers, mm-hmm. and then it all went away when it got clobbered by Notre Dame mm-hmm. on the road. At least they played the game, so. The, huh. the interesting part, and you talked about their playoff path forward, is this week, South Carolina coming off just a destruction of Tennessee and, and knocking them out, and then a potential ACC championship game. One of the things that was weird to me as they were talking about on the telecast was that this North Carolina game's been diminished. Okay, maybe a little. If North Carolina loses to NC State, maybe a lot, but still a pretty good team with a good quarterback, could be a good show, and... You know what's coming next? Dabo is going to start politicking as soon as they win this week. And he's mm-hmm. going to and I think he's going to run a negative campaign towards some certain Big 10 a, a certain team that loses a game this weekend in Columbus. <laughs> That's yes. my not so bold prediction because it's what's going to happen. There's another one he's going to start lobbying against before the title games and that's I think LSU. And that's an interesting mm-hmm. aspect to this as well. I think that this past weekend was great for Clemson, in my opinion. Because, yes, it hurt that North Carolina lost. But the fact that South Carolina spanked Tennessee was huge for them. Because, number one, it puts Tennessee out. Tennessee was ahead of them. And you're looking at Tennessee's schedule and you're saying, South Carolina and Vanderbilt, they're probably going 11-1. and And I don't see a path for Clemson to pass them. That's what we talked about last week. Now Tennessee's out. And the team that smacked them – comes to your place this weekend. 
where now you put a convincing victory over South Carolina, and now all of a sudden your resume takes a huge hit. So maybe Carol, North Carolina takes a big a step, a little step back, but South Carolina now becomes a much better win after what they just did to Tennessee this past weekend. So I actually think this weekend, on the whole, was a positive for them, especially with the the tear that Florida State is on, because if you look at Florida State's tear, Bill, that tear started after they lost to Clemson. I mean, their, their last loss was to Clemson. They have won 41-16, 45-3, 38-3, and 49-17 since they lost to Clemson. Would you? How would you rank them 6 through 10? For me, I would the top four I'm totally comfortable with. I would, I would flip TCU and Michigan, but it really doesn't matter because if Michigan beats Ohio State, they would flip right. – they would pass TCU, and if they lose, they'll fall behind. So it really doesn't matter. I would have USC number five. I'd have Clemson number six. I'd have LSU number seven. And the reason I would have LSU number seven is, number one, LSU has an equally bad loss. The difference is LSU lost to number 10 at home by 20, by was it 27. Clemson lost on the road to number 15 by 21, right? So closer game, lower ranked team by only five, but on, on the road as compared to losing at home. And they have a comparable opponent. They have one common opponent. Right. And I know what and you're Florida say State now. Yep. outplayed LSU for I mean, if you want to talk about game control, the game control for Florida State was they controlled the entire game. And and if you look at the Ohio at the Clemson LSU game, and you want to talk about how that game, so I mean, excuse me, Clemson Florida State game, you know, the final score was 34 to 28, but it wasn't that close of a game. I mean, Clemson was all over them. They were up – ended up, like I said, the final score ended up being 34-28. At one point in time in the third quarter, it was 31 to – or in the fourth quarter, it was 34-14. to 14. You know, Florida State scored the last two touchdowns of the game. So – and then you talk about the wins and the Wake Forest game lost some steam. The Syracuse game lost some steam. But now Louisville's back in the top 25. Right. So you have a win over number 25 Louisville that you did just two weeks ago in a game that you controlled the action from the start. And then, of course, you have a win over Florida State, who another game you right. controlled really, you know, for most of the game. Who's now number sixteen? Right. Yeah, I, the Florida State factor is totally right. So, I, and I think what it comes down to, to for me, Brian, is you can really pare this thing down to six. I, I I'm going to operate under the assumption that Georgia's going to beat LSU and solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we've de- we've decided that Alabama's out. So, what it really comes down to with Clemson is. Really, they they do need USC to lose. They they mm-hmm. they need that or TCU. They need one of them to lose to open that door because then it comes down to the other one. The argument that we're going to get into now is this: Michigan, Ohio State loser. Should they be still ranked ahead of Clemson when the road's over? And I think it's going to lead to, like I said, some nasty politics. That that Michigan, I don't know, can win this one. Ohio State Clemson would be an unbelievable argument because mm-hmm. of no, who we talk about because of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, you'd say, have. Well, we, we let me ask you this, Bill. Yeah. Let me ask you this: If you're the Big Ten and you're hoping to get two teams in, I believe that the Big Ten fans who want two teams in should be rooting for Michigan to beat Ohio State in a close yeah. game because I think Ohio State's overall resume would look a lot better with their loss than Michigan's because Michigan's hanging their resume entirely on Penn state, which I think is a weak resume. Whereas Ohio state can hang their hat on also beating Penn state at Penn state, 
But then if Notre Dame, they, they should be rooting for two things. One is obviously Michigan to beat Ohio State in a close game. And number two, for Notre Dame to go out there and spank USC. Because number one, it knocks out the one loss Pac-12 team. Now the Pac-12's mm-hmm. out. Number two, now all of a sudden that that win by Ohio State over Notre Dame, who then would be a borderline top 10 team, would also have a win over Clemson. All of a sudden, Ohio State has a resume that you can make a much stronger case for, in my opinion, than you could for Michigan, whose resume is much weaker. I think Michigan is a better team than their resume, if that makes sense. Their mm-hmm. resume is yeah. what it is. It's not great. That le- They're going to harp on this non-conference schedule of when they played a glorified preseason against Colorado State and Hawaii and UConn, who actually went to a bowl game, so that, that looks better. I, I think Michigan winning at Iowa was better than people think at the time. I think Michigan beating a decent Illinois team is an okay win. That's a comparable win to Wake Forest to me, like beating Illinois, sort of. Wake yeah. Forest wasn't very – that's about the same. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if you want – if you're the Big Ten, you want both. You want Michigan to win like 31 to 28. You want it to be this mm-hmm. unbelievable game. Maybe they're – I don't even think you want controversy. I think you want like a walk-off field goal or right. overtime or something. Whoever now, has the ball if, last wins kind of thing. Right. Because the Michigan-Clemson argument to me, Clemson, if they take care of business, beat South Carolina, beat North Carolina, Dabo starts politicking, which he will. And can we get a Dabo versus Harbaugh staring contest? Maybe they <laughs> just have that. Like whoever stares the other person down longer, you right. go to the playoff. And uh, Ohio State-Clemson, though – would get particularly nasty because mm-hmm. they already don't like each other. They have a playoff history. Ohio State fans living in Central Ohio can take firsthand. They can't. I think their ranking of coaches they can't stand. Dabo's probably two. Yes, behind Jim. Yes, it's, it's Jim and then it's Dabo, and they they cannot. They reveled in, in that blowout a couple years ago when Justin Fields blew them mm-hmm. out, and. uh that would get particularly nasty because you know what Dabo's going to do. Yeah, we won the conference. I can't do his accent. I'm not going to try. But, uh, you know, we won the ACC. We, you know, I don't know what we're doing if we can't go 12-1 and get, can't get the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know, Hong Kong was really tough. And, you know, Notre Dame was a different team in South Bend. All those things are going to happen. So, sure. you're right. I, I think you're, you're, you're rooting for Michigan to win. The problem is I don't think it's going to happen. Right. I think Ohio State's going to win that game. And – then you're left with Ohio State, TCU, USC, Georgia, and Clemson probably left out the back door. Mm-hmm. If TCU wins, man, that, I don't know, Brian. What do you think? If T- if TCU wins out, I mean, I think they're obviously in. There's a no. Are they going to win out though? Are, could they? they... But see, here's what makes the Big Twelve tough, and this is why I have I've always had a lot more respect for the Big Twelve. There's two reasons I've always respected the Big Twelve, and I think this year in my opinion, it's the deepest conference in college football. With the exception of Iowa State, every team in the Big 12 has proven they can beat a good team in the Big 12 on any Saturday, except for one, and that's TCU. But also, you can't win a Big 12 championship without winning a rematch. Right. I think that adds to it, and that makes it challenging. So, you know, do you go out and play at Kansas State? Well, what if you lose by a field goal? You look at their resume, and all of a sudden, they've got to win over Kansas State, and then a loss to Kansas State on a neutral field. You know, but then you start looking at the Big 12 because of what happened to Oklahoma State. Now, all of a sudden, the Big 12 resume is not looking as strong because they've all beat each other up. Right. You know, yeah, they all did it, very well out of conference, but in conference, they beat each other up. And so I think that really hurt. It, it, you, TCU's resume has taken a beating the last few weeks because of just how much these teams are beating each other up. Uh, that's what how, I think certain TCU. 
Who? Okay, rank these three for me too. Um, most likely to lose their next two games. One of their next two games: TCU, USC, Clemson. Clemson's third for me. I would say so most likely they're most likely to go two and zero. Yes, most likely to go two and zero. Okay. I'd say TCU number one, USC number two, just because I think I think USC plays a better opponent. It's at home, but I think USC plays a better opponent, and I think I. I, I the Trojans are the most likely team to, to me. Most, to lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna move I'm gonna move yes, USC number one. USC right. is the team most likely to lose because they have a two game gauntlet. And this is also right. why I believe if USC wins out, they are a no brainer in the playoffs. They're, it's no over. brainer, in the like playoffs. no discussion. Yeah, they're yeah. in. So I think they're most likely to lose, whether it be this weekend against a Notre Dame team that can run the ball and expose their run defense, or if they catch Oregon, I think Oregon's straight up the better team. It That's just, a bad matchup for USC, in my opinion. Awful matchup for USC. Because they can score with them, and they have a better defense. Right. So I think they are most likely to lose, which means you're going to get Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. TCU, I like their chances. I just like – I think they're going to be that fly in the ointment that they're this year's team that everybody hates for getting in, even though they're a great story and everything that Sonny Dykes has done has been amazing. Their strength to schedule, like you said, better than most teams. I'm cool with that. I mean, you're going to get a high state in them in the Fiesta Bowl, and then Clemson or Michigan. Have fun. I mean, like that's that's what it's going to be. And I think the more I think about it, and more you kind of listen to the ESPN, and you you start to read Twitter, and you know how we our opinions change from week to week. The more I see it, the more I think if you're a Michigan fan, you're probably rooting for South Carolina pretty hard, or an yes. Ohio State fan, even an Ohio State fan, or North Carolina. Right, yeah. like you, you need Clemson. You actually need two of TCU and USC Clemson to lose, and you did probably didn't need that two weeks ago, but you do now. I think Michigan needs a lot more help than if they lose. Then maybe what State. is being led to nationally with a, a lot of the stuff that you hear on, on ESPN and different things. And I think they're starting to come around to the idea that Michigan needs help. I, I you agree. know where where a couple weeks goes. Oh, the loser of that game, if it's close, is going to be in. I, I I just don't think. Here's the thing: like when you look at Clemson, for example. Clemson in their non-conference, if if they go twelve and one, and Michigan right. goes eleven and one, look, Michigan can't control that the Big Ten is down this year. They they can't control that Michigan State took a step back. They can't control right. that that Iowa's has a, a, an offense that keeps them from winning more games because they have a Iowa has a defense that should be of a, of a ten win team, right. if not an eleven win team in the West, but they have an offense of a of a two and ten team. I mean that's kind of where Iowa is. They can't control that. But they can control, just like you know, Clemson can't control if the ACC is good or bad. So what Clemson does is they play non-conference at Notre Dame and South Carolina, an right. SEC team in Notre Dame. Whereas Michigan went out and scheduled Hawaii, UConn, and Colorado State. Right. And I, I think the committee almost has to hold that against them. Otherwise, they're going to set a horrible precedent for right. why would you schedule anyone out of conference if you can just lose just only one game in your conference, as long as you win in your non-conference against right. no, I mean, we're talking, those are three not very good teams. Although UConn is now turning out to be one of Michigan's better wins. If right, you look at the record wise. And right. but that also speaks against Michigan's resume as well. And that you're the team that has the fourth, that's tied for fourth most wins on your resume is UConn. Yeah. And that's, I think that hurt hurts their that. resume. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, well, and, and you know, with you guys at Irish Breakdown, and we wanted to mention this week that Notre Dame is the center of the, the all these arguments in the playoff, mm-hmm. even if they're not going to go to the playoff. 
it, it is interesting to me interesting to me that four of the teams because are directly five of them are kind of in either indirectly or directly in the top 10 affected by Notre Dame Ohio State beat them uh USC plays them this week Clemson got crushed by them I would say Michigan not having them on the schedule when they that's probably of all these teams other than USC the most traditional rival not having them and then of course Notre Dame fans monitoring very closely their old coach Brian Kelly at number six so I mean you guys literally are the center you're going to be Notre Dame's going to be a factor in the playoff and you know the way that they've played and they've got to be kicking themselves about that Marshall game because Stanford Stanford game game. the Stanford game is the one that's the one that that's the one because because Marshall happens so early it happened so early that if they went on a run that included wins over North Carolina BYU US Clemson USC you're now looking at a team that's now won 10 games in a row. You're going to kind of give them a pass like we saw with USC back in 2016 when they started one and three, made a quarterback change, got hot, and then of the year in the top 10, right? Because they they won out. It was mm-hmm. USC, though, their third loss happened in week four. Notre Dame's happened in week seven to a bad team. Right. And so I think if you take the Stanford game out, you're talking about a team that, that won their final 10 games. They're a no-brainer top 10 team and in the New Year's six to your point. Now, you could say Marshall, yeah. too, but I still feel like Mar- you always want to lose early. I mean, it shouldn't right. be that way. The way the committee says we look at the entire resume. No, they don't. They don't. They put a lot more in Octo- late October, November games than they do September games. Otherwise, you'd, you'd make a case that TCU should have been in in 2014, not Ohio State. Ohio right. State was clearly one of the four best teams in the country in, in November. But that's also a team that lost by two touchdowns at home in September to a to a Virginia Tech team by two that went seven and six by two touchdowns. So I, I think that would be the thing for me. Is and but now you're sitting here, you're not going to be in the playoff. But as you said, Bill, the opportunity that Notre Dame has as a program in Marcus Freeman's first year is to say we didn't make the playoff, but we determined who made the playoff. Right, and we had a and and next year the good thing somebody one of my Notre Dame buddies pointed out to me. It's a great thing that they're playing Ohio State in like week, I think it's like week four or three. It's not week one. So they can get themselves under, their their feet under them, go to South Bend, play that game instead of week one. Maybe, I don't know. Well, that's a long way off. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and that's interesting. You were talking about early loss, late loss. I wrote a big article for Sporting News this week about Michigan, Ohio State, and this notion of, talk to Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer, some others about, when the Big Ten brings in UCLA and USC, and if they really do get away with doing away with divisions, could these teams handle playing? And you, like, if US take USC Notre Dame for example, could you handle playing them than playing them seven days later? That's dangerous with this right. I think it's going to mm-hmm. water down the rivalry for sure. I, I do yeah. because I'm, it's kind of like I'm cool with them playing in the playoff if it happens, but seeing it back to back, I'm like, this game has to have some consequences in the regular yeah. season, or would you right. consider moving it up, which everybody says everybody and their brother and sister that talks about that rivalry up here, they don't want it moved off this weekend. Right. So there, there's some things to be said with that because, you know, like I said, we, we do this exercise every week on this uh, podcast where Bill Trochi does a nice job with this. And I hope these are correct. So let's talk about that 12 team playoff. Yeah. If, if we were doing it, 
Here's I the matchup. If if Let's... you're wrong, Bill, you're you have the same wrongs that I have. So I, I wrote down my twelve as well, and we do have the same. Let's so. let's go through these pods real quick, like we do, and see like, do we like it or not? So Georgia would be the one seed, and they would play the winner of Clemson and Oregon. Do we like that pod? Is it? It's. I mean, you're going to get a Georgia probably Oregon matchup there, and that's a rematch of. A blowout. That's what people want. Uh, <laughs> or or Clemson wins, and you've got a, a matchup of two recent champions, you know, South, Southeastern ACC versus SEC, that type of thing. So, um, I, and I think the rematch angle could, the rematch angle can work if it's out of conference. I, I do. Right. Where's right. Oregon at now? They're in game 14 of the, Ken, you know, the Dan Lanning era. That's not the, you know, the, the, the pupil gets another shot at the master and he's learned a lot of life. You can make some storylines with that. You can make some storylines with that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. USC at number four, playing the winner of Michigan and Tulane slash UCF. I, did I get it that one right? I think Tulane's the highest ranked team right now. So we're it's going to be it's, right now. It's Tulane, and it'll most likely be you know Tulane, Cincinnati, or UCF in that order because so, of the Navy in, loss. So instead of Tulane or instead of Michigan USC at the Rose Bowl in a what used to be the greatest Big Ten Pac twelve game is now consolation game. You get USC and Michigan out at the Coliseum instead of the Rose Bowl. And so, yeah, I'm watching that. That that would be awesome. So would the quarters be also at home, on home fields? Would the no. Okay, so where would that – so, like, that would be in a neutral field, correct? I think so. Okay. I think so, as of now. But this is what they need to change it. They need to make the right. quarters – these are the last home games they need to do. So – Go down to Ohio State playing the winner of Alabama and Tennessee without Hendon Hooker. So that's probably going to be Ohio State and Alabama, unfortunately. And and mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker, by the way, I hope he's a Heisman finalist. You never, yeah. he, I hate that that he got hurt. I, you know, yeah. the loss is the loss that happens. Reminds but, me of Dennis Dixon. Remember it, when he got hurt late in 2007 when yes. the Oregon team was really steaming toward, towards a title run, and then he gets hurt and they lose and that, yeah. Yeah, reminded that, me of that. That's exactly right. And then TCU versus the winner of LSU and Penn State, who, like... By far the worst pod right there. Oh, like Penn State's not a playoff team to me. Nope. I've seen them get drilled twice there. And, and that's, that's why Bill and I have this argument every week. It's like, to me, you bring up a good point about rematches, but to me, compress this thing to eight, and, and we have the truth. Yeah. 
Like the nine through 12 part is like, uh, you know, like if you're telling me I, I, I'm going to get excited about LSU and Penn State, Sean Clifford versus Jaden Daniels yeah. for the right to play Max Duggan, you're, you're, yeah. you're stretching a little bit. Yeah. Well, I do, I do, I think TCU at least plays a fun brand. Yeah. But that quarterfinal game would be dull. It's two yes. teams that are, to me, ranked higher than they should be. I think the same thing about LSU. The reason I like 12 over eight is simply because it gives you the ability to where you do have that year where a USC, for whatever reason, comes out of the gate not good, makes a quarterback change. And by the end of 2016, nobody wanted to play USC. Nobody right. by the end of 2016. You know, they would have been, I think, a nine seed that year. But that's a nine seed that could have done some damage. So because and then also even as an eight seed that year, they still don't get in because even as an eight, you're gonna have the you're gonna have two lane as an eight now instead of a twelve. Right. So I I do like that, but it's just just rank them appropriately, you know. And this is where you kind of get into if you're Notre Dame, you talked about Notre Dame earlier. This is where you're kicking yourself for the Stanford game because you're in there and Penn State's out. Right. And now all of a sudden a, a Notre Dame team with 10 straight wins that has beaten USC and Clemson, you're looking at them saying, hey. You know, this is an interesting matchup. And then you'd have them against LSU and the winner plays TCU. That would be a far more entertaining. I might even consider a nine and three Notre Dame over this Penn State team because I depending on what they do to USC, I think you could be correct. I do. Right. They could bump they've got a chance to do some things there. So well, is there anything I'm leaving out? I know we got our preview podcast. I think I think yeah, you and Bill tomorrow are gonna have a preview of the huge games this weekend. But you have a and, you have a thought. I interrupted it. Well, yeah, my thought was is I think Penn State is the is the there's a, that bracket right there that matchup between LSU and Penn State to me is the epitome of what's wrong with this version of the committee because th- both of those teams are being pumped up by their losses, right? Not necessarily their wins. I mean, LSU has a nice win over Alabama by a point, but they're ranked ahead of a team that also beat Bama but beat them by 27 and they have an identical record. So you're looking at the, but what's different? Well, South Carolina has a worse loss. Yeah. But was their loss any worse than what Tennessee did to LSU? Right. And so, and I think the same thing with Penn state to your point is Penn state at 11 makes no sense because what are their, what's their resume built on good losses. Your resume shouldn't be built on good losses. Kansas state at 12 is another example. Penn State loses to Michigan State this weekend, and we're looking at that ranking right there, Bill, and we're mm-hmm. talking about Kansas State being in there, right right where the ranking is now. They're 0-3 against top 25 teams. Their resume is built entirely on three really good losses, and they're ranked ahead of Notre Dame with an identical record. Why? Because Notre Dame has two bad losses. But Notre Dame's wins are significantly better than anything Kansas State has done. And I think that's probably, along with inconsistent application of their code, of their rules, has been the biggest issue I've had with this year's committee because they're not applying things. You can't hold the bad loss against Clemson, but then not hold a bad loss against LSU. And that's a very fair point. And they may be doing that the next – well, Penn State's case is built on a victory – over soon to be Mac champion Ohio University. There you go. September. That's True. what they're. And, and they I'm, should be high. They should be a nine yeah. seed then. Now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, you should be. Maybe Ohio should be the nine seed. No, <laughs> there um, you go. No, it, it. You're right. And and as they apply this forward, that's going to be. You know, like I said, my my 
bold predict. They're not even bold predictions. It's common. I mean, the the Clemson politics is coming. The loser of the Michigan Ohio State game because this isn't like '06 where Lloyd Carr didn't really say anything, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the Urban Meyer got in the championship. Um, Harbaugh will say stuff. Yeah. Ryan Day will say stuff. They're not going to like because this is still part of the, your job as a CEO, as a college football coach, is you've got to politic a little bit. and sure. It's common. I, I always go back to, not to get, make this go too long, remember the year that Ohio State and Wisconsin played in the Big Ten Championship game, and as soon as that was over, I just remember Scott Van Pelt's on ESPN and Nick Saban's on the phone mm-hmm. politicking for his team, and they won that one. So mm-hmm. it's coming. But like you said, we'll have a full show tomorrow on – Rivalry and that week? bill is where Dabo is at his right. best. Dabo is oh, at his best we, when he gets to play the disrespect card. And that's why I kind of feel bad for South Carolina this weekend and North Carolina the weekend after. Because you don't want to play a Dabo coach no. team when he gets to do the Roy thing. You know what I mean? When he gets right. to play the disrespect card. That's not a good – and it's been a long time since this team has been in that position. Right. You know, that they were the team in 2017. People are like, hold on, how are they the number one seed when they lost to Syracuse? You know, right. like they were they were getting like you're complaining about nobody respecting you. Dude, you're getting plenty of respect, right? It's it's been a long time since Clemson was the underdog and, and Dabo is going to uh, he, he's like right. a he's like a politician that's like in that final heat, you know, before election day, and he is gonna go in full he will he will absolutely do that and you're right i mean like if they win convincingly i can see it you can see it a mile away it's kind of like how Mm -hmm. i could see usc coming with the lincoln riley run that that they're patented that notre dame can spoil so Mm -hmm. a lot to be settled um but i'm excited to see what happens this week and i'll be in columbus as you know and we'll, we'll recruit real you know i'm right up the road so Got to get up bright and early for that one. It should be good. I, I am genuinely excited for it. Um, it's going to be a great week in a college football. It's, it's good. So why don't you do the walk-off promo? Because That's Bill right. normally Bill normally does those, yes. and I'm not good at them. So I'm I think I can handle it. I think why don't you bring it. us home? I'm going to let you bring if, us home. Before we get out of here, everybody, please, if you're watching via YouTube, give us a like, please, and subscribe. make sure you're subscribed to the CFB Nation channel if you're listening via podcast form. We'd love it if you give us a five-star review and make sure that you are subscribed to the CFB Nation channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also find it on the Blue Wire Network, and that'll give you the links to all of our shows and all of that type of thing. And, of course, Bill and Bill will be back tomorrow to preview what is going to be an entertaining weekend in college football. And the great thing about Thanksgiving weekend is the college football, the big boy college football season weekend starts on Thursday. So we have great games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as we get ready into uh, championship weekend. So uh, for Bill Bender, I'm Brian Driscoll. We'll talk to you again soon on the CFB Nation podcast, CFB All-America podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.